Views, ideas, and opinions of all of us here at Lucia at Night and our guests are their own. And you should always seek additional professional opinion and advice pertaining to any of the topics discussed here on Lucia at Night. Hello and welcome to Lucia at Night, where we are helping you close the door on your day and light up your night, a treat and a retreat um, for you. Thanks so much to everyone who listened a few weeks ago. Um, We're so happy and honored to be back. Um, If you're watching on video, hi, I'm having a bad hair day. So you can check that out if you're listening on the podcast too on um at wellseekers honestly wellseekers.com is where this podcast is going to live or you can subscribe um just click the rss feed so sarah's here and krista again hi ladies hello hi lucia how have you how have your last few weeks been crazy (laughs) why sarah uh just a lot going on uh september was just a really crazy month the first well the first weekend my friend from college got married oh yeah I was you're in, in that wedding, wedding. yeah mm. do you know I've been in I think I counted it if you count readings and singing and bridesmaids I think I've been in 16 weddings oh my wow yeah I remember when I got rid of all my bridesmaids dresses I was like wow this wow. is a tremendous amount of donations it's like that movie it was 27 it, dresses it, is it that was what it like was? that movie I remember going it's such through such a great movie <laughs> actually it's a really yeah I love movie. that yeah. movie so wedding season, wedding yeah. season is upon you. Yep. And my other college roommates getting married in June. I'm in that wedding too. So it's oh. just like everything's starting. And then my cousin, um, I think I'd mentioned in the last episode from Pennsylvania. Yeah. She actually lives in Delaware, but she's having a baby. So Aww. I had to go to that baby shower. So it's just been a really crazy mm. month of traveling and like such be- like happy stuff though i have to say these are the happy times weddings and baby showers yeah a lot of stuff growing and blooming as opposed to the opposite exciting it is exciting it's just a lot very very Mm -hmm. busy (laughs) busy krista um let's see uh i had uh i was visiting with my daughter oh yeah in montana which was great in montana um so there was traveling and then, you know, I still have a cold from that. I, I don't, you know, whether it's the plane or who knows what, um, takes me a little bit of time to recoup. Mm. So after I have a whole lot of fun in Montana, horseback riding and, you know, hanging out on Flathead Lake, um, then I kind of just hibernate in my house for a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, a little rest. Yeah. Then I have retreat. some rest. Yeah. So then it gets kind of boring. Well, we're excited to be here. I've had a f- hectic couple weeks too. So it's good to be decompressing and chatting about um, today's topic, which is self-care. So this is a good topic. Um, self-care after a breakup specifically, we have Dr. Anna coming on um, who specializes in this and she's going to chat with us about how we can take care of us, ourselves after a breakup and different things we can do to nurture ourselves through a breakup, regardless if, if it was two weeks or two years or 20 years, um, she's going to have some advice for us. I know that I've gone through many breakups at different stages in my life and they all have felt different and I've experienced them different. Um, obviously as a teenager at 19 or at 21, that was a much different breakup than, um, my divorce in my thirties. And 
the only thing that remained constant and that I know to be true is that each one hurt emotionally and required some level of self-care. And I've seen people go through these sorts of ends in their relationship and they don't always come through on the other side. They use coping skills that are in clinical terms are called maladaptive, which basically just means bad coping skills. <laughs> so Dr. Anna is going to talk about ways that we can really treat ourselves well um, after a breakup. So ladies, worst breakup story. Does anyone want to share their worst breakup story? Sarah? Okay. I can see it. She's <laughs> like, oh, I do, but do I? Well, I mean, it, it, it wasn't a messy breakup. It was actually, it was mutual, but it was just hard because we were together for like Six years. Oh my goodness. And you're young. Yeah. Yeah. We started dating. He was three years older than me, but we started dating when I was a freshman in college. Okay. So, and then we lived together for a couple of years after college, but that's when things kind of got a little rocky. Um, and I put a lot of effort in it, but I think he was just going through so much that he wasn't putting in any effort. So I had to realized a tough way because uh it was our anniversary i think our five-year anniversary Mm. um and he was like hungover in his in our bed Mm. and never once like acknowledged that it was our anniversary so i think at that point that was like the breaking point for me yeah but i stuck around because there was other things going on so um but it was just tough because we were together for so long and uh, we had a lot going on with work. I had put on a lot of weight from stress. Um, so it was it was difficult. Why did you stick around? There was health issues. Okay. He had um, problems with his esophagus. Okay. So I just kind of stuck around to just take care of him. To make sure he was okay. Isn't that the female thing to do? I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've done that. Or yeah. I've, well, I've talked to you. <laughs> or like I've... <laughs> Chris is like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I never want to hear about this again. But I do feel like I've hung out in situations because I'm like, well, I just want to get to X, Y, and Z instead of being like, yeah. But that X, Y, and Z can go on for like six months, seven months, eight. If you don't watch that or keep that in check, you can really watch time to go away. That's how we almost made it to six years. It was like really five and a half years. But because that our five year was in May and I didn't actually officially leave till January or we didn't break up till January, but I ended up moving out in March again. Cause we were, I was just sticking around cause he was having all these issues, but yeah, it was a thing where my friends were like, are you going to end it yeah. soon? Because they <laughs> knew I was unhappy, but I kept telling them like, yeah, but he's like ill. I can't leave. Yeah. So, but that was, that was just, we need to do Tough. a show on that. <laughs> that. These conversations, I'm like going to start taking notes and everything we go tangent on because yeah. that is such a common theme among people in relationships where both men and women, where they yeah. stick around. Stay for, too long. They stay yeah. too long. And I'm yeah. guilty of it too. I've stayed too long um, be, for those exact reasons because someone yeah. cares or feels like they should or fill in the blank on the reasons. But actually, it's interesting because the thing that pushed me to actually get out was mm-hmm. because my dog got hurt. And I was like, well, now I need to, I like, He was like doing better at that point, like could take care of himself. But that came to a point where I was like, 
I need to go home and take care of my dog and help my parents take care of my dog. Yeah. Hmm. So that kind of, that was like triggered a thing. It. Yeah. That just like triggered it. And I was like, okay, we need to talk. I got to yeah. get out. Yeah. Weird. How such a good topic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but bad breakup. So self-care would have been needed there. Oh yes. Cause I had, like I said, put on a lot of weight. Mm. I was like a twiglet and from stress with work and relationship I put on over 50 pounds which you look great thank you you Mm. guys can't see her well you will someday it's that self-care after afterwards (laughs) yes I I changed a lot that's so funny when I went through my divorce I lost like 20 pounds but there besides that I've always gone that way I've always gained weight and used food as a tool but my divorce I was like I could not eat yeah Krista what about you all right so Hmm. You know, I actually haven't had a whole lot of relationships. I, I tended to get married. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you've had, and, you've had two marriages. I've had so. two marriages. Um, so, and then I had a long-term, you know, a kind of sort of long distance relationship that turned into a very brief live-in situation. Um, which was actually the toughest, um, for a lot of reasons, but I'm going to save that for another yeah, I think time. Save it. Yeah. Um, I think actually the toughest breakup was my first marriage. Okay. Um, we were high school sweethearts. Um, mm-hmm. and it, I'll tell you, it really changes the dynamics of like, you know, me- going down memory lane when, you know, with this time of year, there's a lot of reunions, yeah. high school reunions and, you know, you can see somebody and say, oh, that was my high school sweetheart. Mm. And <laughs> it's very different when it's like, yeah, it was my high school sweetheart. And then I married him and now he's my ex-husband and the father of my son. Yeah. Um, great guy. Um, but we got married young um, after college. And um, we had our son, who was only two at the time. And... The marriage, it was very clear that it wasn't going to, you know, stand the test of time. So it was difficult because it was the breaking up and the end of expectations and the way that I thought my life was going to go. Which is really all breakups. Like, I think that same with me sounds like probably same with you, Sarah. It's like you're letting go of what was going to come as well as what right. actually transpired, yeah. which is hard emotionally. You, Cause I know at least with my, especially, I don't know if this, I mean, you had children, but if you, I, I don't know if you thought about having kids with your ex, but letting go of like, okay, this was the person right. I thought I was going to have kids with. I thought I was going to grow old with. I thought that like, and then none of that stuff happened. Right. It's almost worse than, reliving all the stuff that did happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a lot of like emotional aspects to overcome, I think, because you think a lot about, at least I did, what could have been. Yeah. So same. Yeah. No, it was, although like that moment I had mentioned was my breaking point, it was tough. There was a lot of nights Mm -hmm. where I would just like cry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I remember one time, I went to the bar with my friends for her birthday and I spent that whole night just crying because Mm. I was like, I think it's over. Yeah. So it's not easy. No. And was it because of what could have been or both? 
Probably both. Both. Yeah, same. I yeah. think mine was both. I missing and the what could have been. Yeah. And not and also want knowing that it was going to be tough and wanting to make sure I handled it well. Yeah. Which I actually did. I have to say I went on retreats and <laughs> did so much stuff. I think it was actually like a year after that it hit me, but in my immediate self-care, mm. I actually learned a lot about self-care, which Dr. Anna, if you're struggling right now, or maybe you want some advice to help you go through that tough time, um, Dr. Anna is going to be on next to chat with us. So stay with us here on Luchi at Night. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless. And with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data. Coast to coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65 or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico. Plus, text and data in over 210 countries worldwide. All with the best phones or bring your own that's pretty awesome get the best user experience on mobile at pulsecellular.com close the door on your day and light up your night you're listening to lucia at night and we're back on lucia at night with our guest this week dr anna kress Dr. Anna is a licensed clinical psychologist who has over 15 years of experience providing psychotherapy. She completed her postdoctoral fellowship at Princeton University and has a private practice in Princeton, New Jersey, where she works with adults who struggle with mood disorders and relationship issues. She has a blog as well that you definitely want to check out at DrAnnaCrest.com. We'll put a link below so it's easy for you guys to find her. And you can also catch her on Instagram at DrAnnaCrest. Dr. Anna Anna, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lucia. It's so great to be here. We've been talking about breakups, an earlier part of the show, and how difficult they are. I've been divorced. The two people that are with me on the show, one has been divorced twice and one is in her 20s and hopefully never has to experience a divorce. We're not only talking about divorces, just even breakups, how we can nurture ourselves and love ourselves through breakups. But I have to say, and everyone out there listening, you're an inspiration to me because you have been married for 20 years. And anyone that knows me and knows Wellseekers or knows this show as well, I'm a huge fan of riding through the tough times. And I know that sometimes we focus so much on happiness. We should be happy all the time. But being married 20 years, could you just speak to maybe the ebb and flow of relationships, long-term relationships? Sure. Yeah. So I've been with my husband for 20 years now, which gosh, that kind of ages me. Um, but yeah, it, it's like you said, it's definitely an ebb and flow and it's sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's much easier. And it's a lot of, I think over the years learning what works and what doesn't in the relationship. You know, I'm a firm believer in that we can all learn secure attachment skills. Favorite word attachment. <laughs> oh yeah. I love attachment theory. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm a firm believer that we can all learn the skills and, you know, some relationships, like you said, don't work out and some do. And it's what do we do with that information. Once we, once we do self-care practices after a breakup, you know, what do we do with the information that we learn from that experience, especially around attachment, you know, what works for us and what doesn't. Absolutely. And we're going to have to have you back on to talk about 
marriage for the long call and some of the aspects of that. Since we're talking about self-care and breakups today, we'd love to hear, since this is what you do for the majority of your practice, just any advice you have to people that are going through breakups. I know when I've gone through breakups before, because I am prone to depression, it just takes me to, I don't want to say a dark, not a desperately dark place, but it does really affect my chemical makeup. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that there are two steps when it comes to breakups. The first part is taking care of yourself emotionally, that huge self-care piece that you're talking about that sometimes takes a while. It takes a, a long time. And then when you're done with that piece, you know, or when you're in a better position, then it's nice to have that time to self-reflect and think about like maybe a breakup as a breakthrough, even like, is there a personal growth experience that you can, that can, you can actually gain from it. But the beginning stages are definitely, definitely difficult with, uh, emotionally, like grief is very common. Um, people sort of question their self-worth and their life choices. Sometimes they're shocked, you know, and they feel abandoned. They didn't quite see it coming or they blame themselves. Like these are all very common things or some people, you know, experience rage or obsessing over the ex is also very common. Feeling rejected, a lot of worry is also common, it's particularly if you have financial um, a financial situation where you're dependent on the other person or your finances are really tricky and dependent on each other or if there are children involved. That can be very, you know, there a lot of worry can come up around that. I think you just said something so important, which is, and I, I may have you elaborate on this a little bit more, but this is all normal, yes. right? So worry, feeling a little bit down. And that's, I was going to um, caveat what I said previously is now, you know, I can feel sad for two days or three days and just know, right. you know, this is going to pass. This right. is just a normal experience for what is happening right now. And just normalizing that you're going to feel sad. You're going to feel some worry. You you could potentially feel abandoned, but this is all going to pass. Would that be something that you would want to say to people? Or can you explain maybe the process and what is normal to help um, listeners understand that a bit more? Yeah. So everything I just went over is absolutely normal. You know? Okay. Because it feels like it's not, right? It feels like it's permanent sometimes. Yes. Well, that's that's actually how emotions often feel is that they feel like they're going to last forever. And especially with something like a breakup, it can take time to feel like things might be good again. So it's really hard to have that perspective. And what happens with like depression, like you're describing, or even like just like a low emotional state is that we get very, very focused. Our focus narrows. So we can't really see the bigger picture. So in that moment, it does feel like it's going to last forever. And I think that's why it can be helpful to know that that's normal. And your mood may go up and down drastically even during that time. Yeah. I know it's different for everyone. I know from a clinical perspective and just from a personal perspective, but is there a range that you often see people in this? I mean, it definitely depends actually on the length of the relationship. Yeah. But is there a time where you say to people, you know what, maybe you should seek additional help. What is that point that you consider? Yeah, I mean, it, it is, like you said, it's hard to say because it's if so children variable. involved, mm-hmm. if there's a divorce, um, finances, you know, if there's infidelity, betrayal, addictions, abuse, things like that going on, then then there are more things to actually maybe heal from. Yeah. You know, that, that it can be very complicated or maybe like if there's like codependency and, and like deeper issues that need to be looked at. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if I put a time frame on it, 
But if it's been a few months and you feel like things are not getting any better, I mean, it's always helpful to get additional support. I think people should do it almost as, you know, we get a massage once Mm -hmm. every two months. I think a check-in with a mental health professional can be just so vital to maintain positive mental health sometimes, especially if you've gone through a major life transition, just to check in. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot less stigma around mental health and therapy nowadays. And I think therapy is for everyone. I agree. Absolutely. So it is a part of self-care and just the way that you'd want to go to a medical doctor. I think to be open to the possibility that that might be helpful, I think is, is good. There's so much less stigma now. Kind of. I had a guest on the show, actually, Dr. Anna, and she is a psychotherapist too, a professor as well. And she was saying that people say to her like, oh, you deal with crazy people. I'm like, still in 2019, that is something that people do say to her on a regular basis. So I think that the stigma is definitely starting Mm -hmm. to lift, but it absolutely is there that if you need help, there could potentially be something wrong with you. Not true. Right. That's part of self-care. I I mean, I'm going to let you expand on self-care, but I think part of self-care could be talking to someone if you ever need additional support outside your friends and family. Yeah. And and even absolutely like going to therapy or going to a group of some sort is, is very beneficial. You know, when you're in therapy, you actually, as a client in therapy and and you you would know this too that you know like things come out that you don't expect you know things you know as you're processing out loud it's interesting what you can learn from that experience and obviously there's all kinds of other things that can happen but it's just the ability to express your emotions in a safe place can be so important because i think there's a there's a real temptation to want to sort of bypass emotions when there's a breakup like to bypass that whole part and just want to stay busy, want to maybe something that I see very often is that people want to jump right back into dating. Now, it depends on the circumstance, obviously, but without having a whole lot of time to do healing and self-reflection, they'll want to sort of jump right in and then like similar patterns start showing up. You Guilty know. of that. I know yeah. because it feels really good when you're right. mourning something to be like, okay, let me just start swiping. Like this will get my right. mind off of what happened. So you're saying, I mean, I actually agree with you. Not the best thing. I stopped doing that too, because that period of self-reflection and okay, what did actually transpire there? And let me grieve this and let me get back to me and my schedule yes. and my life yes. and getting back into my routine. I was guilty of that too. Now I'm cherish when I have my time back just to refocus on myself. But absolutely. Is there basic self-care? So talk to someone if you need it. Don't go back onto Bumble immediately. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Is there something when you're feeling like those emotions aren't going to pass? Yeah. So like you said, there's the self-care practices, whether that's like yoga, meditation or exercise, you know, your favorite movies, whatever that might look like. It doesn't have to be trendy. It could be just getting extra sleep weighted blankets, whatever sort of calms your nervous system. Those would be like the self-care practices. The other piece that you mentioned is the seeking support, whether that's therapy or whether that's friends and really specifying to your friends, like, do you need them to hold space for you right now? Or do you need them to remind you why you broke up with that ex or why that relationship wasn't maybe the best choice for you, you know, to ask your friends for things specifically and to use that resource. Mm. or family members. So there's that seeking support piece. But then the third piece I think that you're getting at is, you know, what can people do with their emotions in the moment? Yes. For me, 
what I find the most helpful is mindful self-compassion. Tell me about that. Yeah. yeah. So we know that from um, self-compassion research from Dr. Kristen Neff, that self-compassion is so helpful. It triggers oxytocin, which, and and by the way, self-compassion is basically being kind to yourself, especially when you're suffering, Mm. which is why it would be so useful. And it's, I sort of think of it also as befriending your feelings. So what it does is it triggers oxytocin, which is the love hormone, and it reduces your stress response. So immediately, once you start practicing self-compassion, you can feel a shift in your body usually because you do reduce that sort of that threat response in your body when you are stressed out and when you are having a a difficult emotion. And so there are three components to mindful self-compassion that, um, you know, Dr. Kristen Neff and Dr. Chris Germer, a psychologist, and she's a researcher, came up with. And so the first component is mindfulness, which I I know you've probably had people on here talking about mindfulness which is that sort of non-judgmental moment-to-moment awareness where you're like, I'm noticing. Can you apply that to a breakup specifically? Could you give us an example of what that, that self-talk may look like? Yes. So it's a lot about observations. The same way that you would observe something, you know, you're looking out the window or noise you're hearing. You would observe something that you're experiencing. So for example, you might say to yourself, I'm noticing that I'm experiencing sadness. Like to really name the emotion and be very specific. Like research shows that the more granular you are, the more specific you are about the emotion, the more it reduces a calm uh, stress response. So if you could just name the emotion and notice that you're experiencing it rather than over identifying with it, or you can say, I notice that I'm having negative thoughts. Mm. So rather than being really fused with those negative thoughts, you're just noticing, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. And so you're sort of distancing yourself, giving that yourself that space to recognize that this is an experience you're having rather than who you are. I absolutely love that. I mean, you're taking the ingredients of mindfulness, externalizing the event, right? So that feeling of sadness, you are not sadness, you are not worthless, you're just feeling these things and you're moving them outside of yourself. I can't believe I have never thought to do that, honestly. And when it applying it to a relationship and breakup, that's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, it's especially, well, you know, when we're stressed out, those are the times that we forget to use these things, which is why it's a practice. Yes. And then the second piece of of mindful self-compassion is common humanity, which is the realization that we all suffer. And it can be so easy to lose that perspective after a breakup to think like, oh, look at all these people having great relationships or, you know, I'm the only one or other people don't know the suffering that I'm going through or maybe thinking that other people are all happy you know, sort of idealizing what other people might be experiencing when the truth is maybe there are a lot more people suffering in the same way, not to minimize what you're going through, but rather to not feel so alone. Do you want to know what's hard for me? Mm -hmm. And this is personalizing a little bit more, but not necessarily that I feel alone because I do know people go through breakups, but it is hard to watch people rebound so quickly, especially in your later thirties, people rebound so quickly. There are people that got divorced around the same time I did, which Mm -hmm. this is a longer discussion because I absolutely, if you met me, would never think I would be divorced at this point. So I got divorced around the same time as people who are married, have new families, some have a different couple children. And I'm just like, wait a second, what is, what is wrong with me? That negative self-talk that everyone has seemed to rebound. Do you know what I mean? So what I know comparison, like you said, is obviously you want to meet that with self-compassion, not comparison. I think that's always the goal in any comparison, um, meet it with compassion, not comparison. But 
when you watch people and your brain starts giving you that tangible evidence <laughs> that you, there is something, do you know what I mean? What can yeah. you do cognitively to combat that? I think I know, but you have more experience just relationship wise translating that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that one of the things I think are very common, especially with social media is there are a lot of situations which that trigger envy. Mm. And I think envy is an emotion that a lot of people don't talk about and don't label when it's occurring. Well, because no one wants to sound like, right. <laughs> sound like course, right. envying someone. To. Right. We just secretly right. hate like on social <laughs> right. media, which is what everyone does. Yeah. But yeah. if in that moment you could actually label that, you you know, rather than saying like I'm angry or I'm stressed out or sad, if you could label it very specifically to that emotion, in which case, you know, it might be envy in that situation. Um, and we've all experienced envy, obviously, um, yeah. especially that with social media, everyone looks so happy, right? With their perfect families. But if you could label it in that motion, there can be a shift just because you're being so accurate about what the experience is. And so again, going back to sort of like mindfulness piece, you know, I'm noticing that some envy is coming up. I'm noticing that I'm experiencing some envy. And then that would take us like to the third component of mindful self-compassion, which is being kind to yourself, self-kindness, mm. which is those soothing words, that supportive, you know, thing that you need in the moment or encouraging yourself. So it might be something physical. It might be like, you know, giving yourself a hug, putting your hand on your heart, something that releases oxytocin. It might be just saying like, like uh, Kristen Neff does a lot of like mantras around this, you know, for example, I'm having a difficult moment right now, or this is hard. And this is going to pass. Even yes. taking it a step further, would you suggest yeah. that? Like just acknowledging I'm, this is hard, but this is going to pass. Right. If it feels good to you to do so. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to say that. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. I always feel like I need some sort of hope in my, (laughs) in my self-assurance and my mindfulness practice. And like, I just need to hear that it is going to be okay because it is going to be okay. This is the ebb and flow of emotions in life. Yeah, exactly. And and everyone has like their like slight different ways of talking to themselves in a soothing way. So it's finding like what works for you. So for someone else that might be triggering, like, like, Ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. For someone else, it might be like, well, no, this is how I feel right now. So, it, but whereas for you, like you're describing, that actually might be very soothing. So it's finding what works for you as opposed to what might work for someone else. Um, using that and finding um, something that's like really tailored to you. Again, so it doesn't feel like it's bypassing. It feels like it's very targeted to what you need to hear in that moment or what you need to experience in that moment. This is all such incredible advice, words of wisdom. So just to recap, if you're going through any sort of breakup, maybe it's a long-term marriage, short-term marriage, maybe it's someone you've just been dating and you feel like this was the one. So the three main pieces or the three main legs of self-care are using tools. I love how you said weighted blanket, by the way, to calm your nervous system, because (laughs) those are incredible. Yeah, I have one. I love it. <laughs> I have one too. And I was, and I used to just have it sitting on my bed. And when I actually used it, it's like a game changer right. when you're feeling stress. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my colleagues talked about it and I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. And then I'm like, wow, this feels really good. Really good. Um, yeah. For, again, for some people, it might not work though. For some people, it might be the opposite. So could be a comedy movie. Could be some, yes. yeah, I, which I also <laughs> love doing. So some tool, whatever that tool may be and is most appropriate for 
for you. Seeking outside support, whether it's therapy or a friend or a family member. And then lastly, mindful self-compassion. I love that term. Yeah, definitely mindful self-compassion. And then when you're ready at some point, then going on to the self-reflection piece, looking at different resources to learn about attachment styles and just different patterns to look at. And if, if there was something to learn from it, you know, to take that, maybe not, you know? Yeah. But- we need to have you back, Dr. Anna, because attachment is my absolute favorite word. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of like if you don't learn about attachment, it's like stumbling around in a dark in a relationship. It absolutely is. And attachment though, okay, maybe you could just explain to everyone in the simplest of terms what attachment is. So we all have different attachments, st- the ways that we relate to others, especially significant others. We all have different styles and those styles can change. Um, there are four main styles that most people talk about. And the goal is to feel secure mm. in a relationship mm-hmm. and there are insecure styles. So you know, everyone can learn secure attachment skills and those can be really beneficial. And when you know your your style and you know your partner's style, you can l- figure out what works and what doesn't. Again, game changer. Because yeah. yeah. it it's, you know, communication, why someone's doing something and reacting the way that they're reacting has to do with attachment yeah. style generally. And I think yeah. that you pointed something out that's key too. It is usually your significant other because you're spending so much time, but it's really how we relate to every relationship in our sure. life. Sure every relationship. Someone said to me once, um, your family knows how to push your buttons because Mm -hmm. they, because they installed them. And I think that's attachment style, right? What the buttons you were installed with are your attachment style. And it can't, like you said, it can be tweaked to a secure attachment and learning that has been incredible clinically and personally. I just find it fascinating. Yeah, me too. And if anyone is interested in resources, the two books I would highly recommend, um, just because I don't want to leave people hanging. How do they figure out attachment is um, one is called The Power of Attachment, How to Create Deep and Lasting Intimate Relationships by Dr. Diane Poole Heller. Excellent book, great exercises. The other one is Attached. I was going to say, Attached is it. That is my book. Yeah. Yeah. By Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Excellent books. um, If you want to check those out. And we'll have you back, Dr. Anna, to talk more about it. Any final words to someone listening that may be struggling right now with a divorce or a long-term breakup or just a breakup? Yeah. I mean, I think it just goes back to self-compassion, giving yourself that time to really just to the best of your ability, to care for yourself, to have compassion and kindness towards yourself and to really honor how difficult the process is because it's not easy. Absolutely. Dr. Anna Kress, licensed clinical psychologist, over 15 years of experience. If you want to learn more about Dr. Anna, make sure to check out her website, drannacress.com. We'll have links below. You can also find her on Instagram at Dr. Anna Kress, K-R-E-S-S. Thank you so much for your wisdom, words of advice. And if someone wants more information on you, your blog, right? That would be the best way, your website? Yeah, my website would be a, a good place to go, yeah. You lead workshops. Are those things that, are they relationship focused? They're focused on emotional wellness. So yeah. And manifesting goals, which, you know, relationships, new relationships are goals. So those two things. Yeah. You know what? As we go on those two words, emotional wellness, I predict that in mental, emotional health, those are, that's going to be a couple new buzzwords that we're going to hear more about emotional wellness. I think so too. I'm a huge fan of, because I think that that's what makes healthy relationships 
significant other ones and otherwise. So yeah. Thanks, Dr. Anna, for your time and for being on the show. Well, thank you so much. And we'll be right back on Lucia at Night. Hey, it's Lucia, and I am beyond thrilled to tell you about our brand new segment, Ask Lucia. Some of you know me as a storyteller and journalist, but I'm also a licensed clinical therapist, which means that people ask me a lot of questions like, why do I do this? Or why does my mom do that? Or how do I make my boyfriend or husband or significant other stop doing this? You've got a lot of questions. I've got your answers. So email us at hello at wellseekers.com or find us online, all our socials at Wellseekers, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. No question is off limits. We will answer them all. So connect with us right now here at Wellseekers. It's a treat and a retreat for your day. You're listening to Lucia at Night. And we're back on Lucia at Night. Thanks so much for being with us. And thanks so much to Dr. Anna for joining us and all of that great info. If you want to follow us, make sure you subscribe to the show. The RSS feed's up there. You can check out more at wellseekers.com and also find us on Instagram at Lucia at Night or on every other social at Wellseekers on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also find me at Lucia Naz and A. CZ. Um, so before we let you go, we want to talk about our own personal favorite self-care tools. I have to say I have so many of them. That's why I made a box of self-care tools because I just feel like I can never get enough. But there's something um, you can also see it on the feature tools at Wellseekers. But I really did use this when I got home or if it was home, if I was home late and feeling really sad um, or just wanted to de-stress um, I used these coloring books and we were at a spa the other day and I was doing mm-hmm. it and I was reminded of how much I used to, to do those meditative mm. adult coloring books. I know from a clinical standpoint that they work, but also having used them as self-care, they really truly work. They just yeah. de-stress me. I see why kids color. It really <laughs> is a meditative tool. When I get home, if I want to relax at night or if I can't sleep at night, I still color. But I used to, after my divorce, I used to, I have like so many coloring, adult coloring books <laughs> full. I love it. Yeah. So that would be my tool and my advice to everyone listening. Do you ladies have favorite tools? Kristina? Uh, yeah. I see you. Yeah. Um, well, One is totally kind of weather dependent, but it's one of my favorites, which is getting outside and just looking Mm. up. Um, What about at night though? That's what I mean. Oh, at At night? At night. I like to seek out the moon. I like to see what phase the moon is in. Um, I'm much too risk adverse. I just feel so safety conscious as a female. I'm like, I'm not going out at night alone. Yeah. (laughs) To watch the stars. Yeah. To look at the stars. Yeah. Yeah. You do. But I don't go for a walk. No, no, I don't. I'll go on my porch. I'm talking about going on my porch. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about wandering into the night. No, I'm not going to go go stand in a field somewhere. (laughs) No, because I have the same concerns. Yeah. In fact, I don't get to do it enough. Because of fully those. enough because of that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and again, back to my thing in Montana, I was able to get a full 
you know, the moon and the stars. And the only thing I had to worry about was like night bears or something, but I was on a deck, Mm -hmm. so it was safe. Um, (laughs) So I would say that's my absolute favorite. And then whether not the next thing would be um, just, just candles, just sitting with candles, very peaceful. I love very relaxing. Yeah. Sarah? Um, I don't know if I really have a tool, but I think what really just like relaxes me at night is just sitting with my dog. Mm. Oh, an animal. I want yeah, one. Yeah, that's whether, one of the reasons I want one. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. feel like pet, that. Well, I mean, it's again, the clinician in me is never going to get shut off. But <laughs> clinically, it like it really does reduce stress, stress. when you yeah. pet animals. That's yeah. why there's therapy dogs and mm-hmm. there should be therapy cats. OK, uh, yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah, because you can pet those little guys, too. Yeah, girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When they want to be yeah. petted. I guess dogs are more friendly. So sitting with your dog and petting yeah. the dog. Yeah, whether we're watching TV or we're just sitting outside, I just love to snuggle with him. I want to snuggle with a dog. <laughs> okay. They're so great. Nice. Guys, they just love you unconditionally. Yep. If just you there. can't get a dog, though, I think a cat is a good option. I've been looking into cats because... Dogs just feel like an incredible commitment as far as like. There's more of a commitment than a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you travel a lot. Yeah. Or Cats leave on weekends. Yeah. yeah. So. If you're and they're very soft. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I'm allergic to both. So. Um, <laughs> if you guys are looking for more tools, make sure to check out wellseekers.com and click on the shop. Um, there's so many tools listed there. Um, and the ones that we have listed, I'm not paid to endorse. I just love them. So check them out. For everyone listening, thanks so much for being with us tonight. And thanks to Dr. Anna again for being on the show. Make sure to come back in two weeks where we're going to talk to, I think we're going to talk to Dr. Chelsea about um, sex and intimacy. That's our next topic. So come back. There's your tease in two weeks. Um, and for everyone listening, if you're feeling connect disconnected, I just want to say, reach out to us on Facebook. We have a private group. So join our private group and you can connect with everyone here in the Lucia Knight family. Um, And thanks so much for spending your night with us. We'll see you next week or in two weeks on Lucia Knight. Thanks for spending your night with us on Lucia at Night. 